Welcome to Psych Talk. I am your host, Jessica Lee, a licensed clinical psychologist and self-growth coach for women in helping professions. It is my mission to motivate, inspire, and educate you on everything psychology and self-growth. Whether you are a mental health professional or student in the social science field, are interested in psychology and mindset shifts, or are just interested in gaining skills and knowledge to grow into the best version of yourself, this podcast is for you. My hope is to provide you with knowledge and skills that you can implement in your daily life that add up to make a big impact. So let's dive into today's episode. Welcome back to Psych Talk. Thank you all for joining me for today's episode. Um, Before we dive into today's episode, I just wanted to remind everybody that my LGBTQ plus affirming masterclass is on July 20th. So that is next Monday if you are listening to this in real time at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And the link uh, to the information about the masterclass and to register is in the show notes of this episode. So for today's episode, um, this has been something that I have been sitting on making for a few weeks now. If you follow me on Instagram, you may have seen my live video about this topic a couple weeks ago and I got a lot of positive feedback so I wanted to make a podcast episode about it. So today's episode is entitled Normalize changing your opinion. And this episode was inspired twofold really by recent events um, that have occurred in our society and are covered in the news. So firstly, um, when the protests started in the U.S., and the Black Lives Matter movement came to light once again, I saw many people um, on my Facebook accounts and social media accounts who were previously all lives matter or blue lives matter people speaking up for the black lives matter movement and recognizing that they used to believe and say one thing but now based on new knowledge and experiences they believe and say something different and i remember reading those posts and just feeling very like proud of individuals for not only their willingness to learn more information but admitting you know, this is what I used to believe, but this is what I believe now and doing it in a way that was very respectful and palatable and non-argumentative. In contrast though, I have seen things, um, which is the second reason that really inspired this episode, uh, about this being an election year and people posting videos or news articles from years ago and using it as quote-unquote fuel against, and I've seen on both sides, so both um, candidates that are currently in the running for president. And this is not a political podcast, so I'm not going to dive into specifics. However, I am going to expand more later in this episode about why this concept of bringing things up from years and years ago and using it as an argument for a current stance in general frustrates me. But before we dive into changing your opinion, the importance of changing your opinion, normalizing such, and um, even changing your behavior, I want to touch on a few psychological constructs that can help explain why changing our behaviors and beliefs can be difficult. So the first thing I'm going to talk about is cognitive dissonance. So cognitive dissonance, dissonance 
occurs when a person holds two or more contradictory beliefs, ideas, or values, or when they participate in an action that goes against one of their beliefs, ideas, or values. And because of this, they experience psychological distress. So an example that we use in psychology a lot is somebody that knows smoking is bad for them, but smokes anyways. So you have the knowledge that smoking is bad, um, but you do it anyway because it makes you feel calm, etc. And that can cause a state of psychological stress. So when two actions or ideas are not psychologically consistent with each other, people do all in their power to change them until they become consistent. So going back to the smoking example for um, a moment, people might say, well, you know, my father and my grandfather smoked and they live to be 80. So even though I know it's bad, it's not bad for me or it's not bad for my family. So they rationalize so that their um, beliefs and behaviors then become consistent. The discomfort that somebody experiences with cognitive dissonance is triggered by the person's belief clashing with new information or newly perceived information. And then they try to resolve that to reduce their discomfort. But because of this discomfort, people tend to lean towards their previously held beliefs. This is what they know, um, what is comfortable for them, rather than sitting with the discomfort and integrating new information into their belief system. And this is because doing so makes us face things that are uncomfortable, or they might make us face things that reveal parts about ourselves that we do not like. So we see this a lot in politics. So for example, a person holds certain beliefs that align with one party, and then they are presented with new information that opposes those beliefs. But if they are not ready to hear the new information, they tend to discredit it and align even more strongly with their previously held belief. I'm not shaming anybody or I'm not blaming anybody for, for doing this. We all do it. Um, and it doesn't have to be big things. It could be little things in life. I, I always think about like the debate over does pineapple belong on pizza? And, you know, people have very strong opinions about that. Um, we go back to our previously held belief because it is comfortable. And if we're not ready to hear the new information, we're not going to hear it. And we're going to make excuses or, you know, use what we know as a defense mechanism rather than listening with an openness. So this brings me to another model that we use in psychology called the stages of change model. And this was originally developed in the 1970s to better understand how smokers give up cigarettes, but it has been adapted to pretty much any type of behavior change since then. So as I just said when talking about cognitive dissonance, if someone is not ready to hear new information, they are not going to change their beliefs or behaviors. So I am going to walk us through the different stages of this model. So the first stage is the pre-contemplation stage. And in this stage, people do not want to make any changes to their habits or beliefs. And they don't recognize that they have a problem or that their beliefs or habits may be unhealthy or unhelpful or harmful. So if someone is in this stage, they are difficult to reach and likely will not make changes because they don't see that a change is necessary. So the next stage is the contemplation stage. During this stage, people weigh the cost and benefits of changing their behavior or changing their beliefs 
they recognize that possibly something needs to change, but the person contemplates if their change, if, if doing that change would be worth it. So, you know, for example, we think about, um, this model a lot with like exercise and eating healthy. So somebody in the contemplation stage, you know, may be recognizing that, you know, my doctor is saying that I'm pre-diabetic or I have all of these risk factors for X, Y, and Z disease. However, you know, changing my exercise and eating habits is really, really difficult. And it's going to change how often I have to cook at home where eating out is easier or do I have the time to integrate exercise into my lifestyle etc so they're weighing the pros and cons and deciding if the change is worth it the next stage is the preparation stage so people in this stage have decided to change their behavior or beliefs and start preparing to do so this stage is followed by action, and this is the stage where change is actually occur- occurring. So you're actively um, taking steps to change your behaviors or beliefs. And then the last stage is maintenance. And in this stage, this is where behavior has changed or beliefs have changed and is maintained. I want to emphasize that this is not always a linear process. And even though it is meant for behavior change, it works for changing our beliefs as well. So if someone does not recognize that there's anything wrong with their belief system or are unwilling to learn or listen to alternate perspectives, they will not change. And this is something I have personally had to learn and accept. Um, One of my bad habits that I admit all the time is getting into quote unquote arguments um, with people online. So people I don't know about topics that I am knowledgeable about. So Things like suicide, which I spent years in grad school studying, things about the LGBTQ community, etc. And I always, because I am a total nerd, will provide citations for my arguments to support my claim when getting into these discussions. However, even with being knowledgeable, providing citations, a lot of times I am faced with people who tell me I am wrong. Not all the time. I will say I've had some really great conversations with people that said, you know, thank you for providing me this information. I have to look more into it. I never realized that. But more often than not, I'm faced with people who tell me I'm wrong, come back with some weak, incorrect argument, or just stop responding in general. And this is because I have created a state of cognitive dissonance for them. I've provided them with information that contradicts previously held beliefs, and instead of being open to it, they respond with defensiveness or don't respond at all. And I want to be clear that I'm not blaming anyone because there have been many times in my life, and there still are now, I can think of very recent examples in my life, where I am provided with new information or information that I just don't even really like, whether it's about me or about people I know or it just upsets me in some way. And I experience cognitive dissonance. It is uncomfortable. And even though at times my instinct is to be defensive, and I admit that sometimes I am still defensive if I don't allow myself to take space and reflect, I have learned to sit with that discomfort and recognize that when I get defensive, it is something that I need to lean into think about why did I get defensive about this and then actually educate myself or approach the topic with an openness so I am willing to learn. So now back to actually discussing changing your opinion. 
So before we talk about it, the main takeaway I want you to get from this episode is that it is okay to change your opinion because it shows growth. As humans, we are constantly growing and evolving. We are constantly learning new information and integrating that information into our knowledge base. So when we gain new information that contradicts or is different than our previously held knowledge, we have to decide what to do with it. And what I mean by that, do we integrate it into our new knowledge base so that we maybe are like, okay, I don't fully agree with this new information, but I don't fully align with the old information and this is my new belief. Do we completely disregard our old belief um, when we knew that learn this new information? Or does that new information actually strengthen our old belief? So we have to decide what to do with that information. Or we could just completely ignore it, but that's also not going to elicit any growth. Changing your opinion also does not mean that you are a hypocrite. I can think of so many things in my life that I have changed my opinion on from small things like food choices to larger things such as like underlying beliefs um, and my overall belief system. So for example, if you grew up in a racist household and that is all you knew in life, you do not have to continue to be racist. You can teach yourself, you can seek out new information, read books on how to be anti-racist. You can recognize that is how you grew up, but that you are actively taking steps to change. The same goes like if you grew up in a homophobic household and that is all you knew in life. You don't have to continue to be homophobic. You can change your stance based on new information. You get the point, (laughs) but just because it is what you know doesn't mean it has to continue to be the only thing you do know. So whether it's big things like religion or politics or smaller things such as like patterns of eating or taste of music, you are allowed to change your opinion. So how do you do this? I mean, you can seek out the information on your own from unbiased sources, so books, things like that. I know... um, Myself, along with a lot of other mental health professionals that have some type of social media platform, have put together um, anti-racist resources, for example. Mine are on my website. Um, But if that's something you're like, you know what, I need to be more informed, go there. I've talked about this on my episode on intergenerational trauma and racism. But Netflix has a whole Black Lives Matter um, portion of Netflix, so you can watch documentaries there. You can surround yourself with people that think differently than you. So often we tend to surround ourselves with like-minded people, which makes sense. You're not going to necessarily align yourself with people whose values completely differ from yours, but especially, you know, in the workplace, or if you're listening to this and you're still in college or grad school, you are going to come across so many people in life that have different life experiences and belief systems as you Be willing to have conversations with those people. Seek out evidence that contradicts your beliefs. So if you're like, you know what? I believe X, but let me see if I can find out information that supports Y instead and read it with objectivity. Um, One thing I try to do when 
Um, it is a political season and there's debates. I purposely will watch both the Democratic and Republican debates so I can form my own opinion and draw information from both sides. So there are so many ways that you can go about learning and finding out new information and in turn possibly changing your opinion. So going back to the cognitive dissonance I touched on earlier, I want to emphasize that unlearning behaviors and beliefs, especially the ones that you have held your entire life, is difficult. It is not an overnight process. I am also not saying that you have to change your belief system over time. So if you learn new information over the course of your life and you strengthen your previously held stance, that is absolutely okay too because you have heard, listened, and taken in new information which further confirmed your stance. As we learn new information that goes against our previously held beliefs, like I said earlier, it is hard to integrate that new knowledge and in our belief system and change our beliefs because cognitive dissonance creates discomfort and as humans we prefer to stay in a place where we are comfortable. We also have to be willing to learn the new information. So if we are in the pre-contemplation stage of the stages of change model where we do not believe anything is wrong about our beliefs or behaviors, no change is going to come because we do not see that change is necessary. I'm going to keep re-emphasizing this but it is hard work. For many things, it takes a lot of time. We have to ask ourselves, why do we believe these things? Where does it come from? How is this belief helping me? How is this belief hurting me? What are some alternate perspectives? How would things be different if I considered these alternate perspectives? And so many more questions. But if we are not willing to learn and ask those questions, we are not going to grow as people. Like I said, Maybe your openness to learning doesn't change your opinion, but rather strengthens your previously held belief. That is okay too, but at least you were willing to learn and listen from people who hold different beliefs than you. So now getting to kind of like the last segment about normalizing changing your opinion. So I think one thing that we face in our society in particular is that people shame us or we feel a sense of shame or guilt for changing our opinion. I have seen this so many times, especially in the online space, because you know there's so much information out there online. So where people will change their belief about something, and maybe they'll post a Facebook status on it, or an Instagram post, or blog post, whatever it is, and then people will attack them, for lack of a better word, for changing your, their opinion, saying, well, like... I remember when you were 20 and you did this or, you know, last year you were saying this, like stop being a hypocrite and just bringing up things that the person previously said or believed. So this is where I loop back into something I commented on at the beginning of this episode. So in politics, we love to bring up things that people said or did 10, 15, 30 years ago. And I'll admit, I have done that too, and it's something I have actively tried to change about myself, especially in the current sociopolitical climate. However, if it is evident that a person's beliefs or patterns of behavior, and this is politicians or anyone else, have changed over time and do not align with the previously held statement or behavior, why do we continuously bring it up? 
Why do we point out things that people have done in the past and use it as evidence of their current behavior, even if the current behavior does not align with such? I am not saying that we disregard what was said or done in the past. We definitely need to acknowledge beliefs and behaviors that were done in the past. But we also need to recognize that change and growth can happen. And we need to praise that change and growth, assuming it is positive change and growth. I haven't explicitly said that throughout this episode, but I'm talking about positive change and growth. Rather than shaming, blaming, or criticizing the other person. And I mean, we can think of so many examples. I mean, day-to-day life, you think of a fight with a partner and it's like, whoa, remember in 2007 when you said that to me? Like, okay, yes, they probably said that in 2007 and that wasn't nice, but have they said or done anything that aligns with that behavior sense and is it relevant to the current argument? In contrast, if someone did something in the past in their current behavior, words and beliefs continue to show the same pattern, I personally do not see anything wrong with bringing that up because it is a pattern of behavior over time. So I wanted to make that clear that I'm not saying like, okay, we should just forget about things that people said or did in the past. Um, That is not what I'm saying. We need to acknowledge that. But if that person's belief system or behaviors have changed for the positive, we can acknowledge that but not bring it up as a means to criticize or um, hurt them um, or make a rationale for their current behavior if their current behavior doesn't align with it but if you know somebody did something hurtful or harmful to you 10 years ago and their pattern over the past 10 years has been consistent with that you know you can bring up the thing from 10 years ago because that is just further evidence of a behavioral pattern so outside of politics i'm sure you are listening and can think of examples in your life where people have brought up things from the past that you said or did that you wish you um, hadn't or that you have grown from. So an example that many of us listening to this podcast can relate to is being a teenager versus being a fully functioning adult or semi-functioning adult, depending on how you like to categorize yourself. So I know that 18-year-old me is not the person I am today at age 30. A lot of my beliefs, outlook on life, and behaviors have changed over time through education, life experiences, a fully functioning frontal lobe, and just growing and maturing. So if the people I knew at 18 judge me today by the things I said or did 12 years ago, I probably would not like it. And I'm sure any of you listening can think of things that you believed, said, or did as teenagers Even if it's something as small as what you thought looked good fashion-wise or the bands you were into, that if someone still continuously brought that up now and based you, who you are now, on the actions, behaviors, belief you had as a teenager, despite you changing your thoughts and behaviors, I'm pretty sure it would cause some frustration or annoyance. So we always, we do this. We bring up things from the past and um, for other people, we might even do it to ourselves, but we shouldn't shame others and we especially should not shame ourselves for growing over time. So what should you do if your beliefs have changed? First, recognize the change. Admit what you believed in the past 
If you said things or did things because of that belief that were harmful or hurtful to other people, apologize for them, admit to them, and own them for what they are. Don't make excuses. Don't say like, oh, I was just a teenager. I didn't know better. Just say, you know, when I was a teenager, I believed this. Now that I'm an adult and have gained more life experience and have done more research or gained more knowledge, I now believe this. Recognize the growth you have made through listening to people who are different from you, from learning from them, from seeking out unbiased factual sources to learn more information and be firm in your stance. Also recognize that you are also always growing and evolving. So, you know, you can say five years ago, I believe this today. I believe this and who knows what I will believe five years from now, because I don't know what knowledge I will gain over the next five years related to this topic. Most of all, don't let yourself or anyone around you make you feel guilty for changing your opinion. The beauty of life is that we all have different experiences and worldviews that make us diverse. So we can learn from one another. Your life and your experiences will shape your beliefs over time. And even though throughout this episode I have been using the word okay To describe the change, I honestly believe that changing your opinions and beliefs is necessary over time. It's more than okay. It's necessary. Not only are we changing and growing as humans, so is the world around us. And it would be silly to think that with all of our experiences throughout life and changes in science, technology, politics, etc., that our opinions would not change either. So to wrap up some takeaways from this episode, changing your beliefs over time shows growth and involvement as a human. Changing your beliefs is hard and will cause discomfort, but it's important to lean into that discomfort and face learning new information with as much objectivity as possible. You have to have an openness and willingness to learn from others before you can even start changing your beliefs. And if you do change your beliefs or behaviors over time, recognize your previously held beliefs, apologize if necessary, but do not feel ashamed for growing. So thank you all for joining me for today's episode of Psych Talk. Like I said at the beginning of this episode, my LGBTQ plus affirming masterclass is on July 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you are listening to this in real time and link um, to the information and to register is in the show notes. Thank you all for joining me and I look forward for you to join me for next week's episode. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Psych Talk. I hope you found so much value. If you loved what you heard or gained some knowledge, I would love for you to take a screenshot, put it on your Instagram stories, and tag me at Jessica Lee PhD. Additionally, I would be honored if you leave a review and five-star rating so I can continue to help this podcast grow. If you are not already, follow me on Instagram and join my Facebook community, Grow Through What You Go Through. Thank you for joining me today, and I cannot wait for you to join me during the next episode. Remember, you are loved, you are worthy, and you are braver than you know.